0: Let the kiki begin. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are, everyone. This is another episode of Kiki with Kim. I am Kim Corbett, your host, and I'm going to give you guys another bonus episode. So you know that season three does commence on January 12, 2023, but I didn't really like how I ended the last episode, so I'm just going to give you guys a quick little episode real quick. So... It is also going to be our first episode of the year 2023. This will not count as part of season 20, season three, excuse me, of 2023. However, this is a bonus episode, and I'm just going to be ranting, so it's not going to be a specific topic. I'm just going to continue off all my critique of the Peacock revival of Queer Folk. So, last part now. A A K A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A love this song. I really do. I enjoy it. I think I heard it somewhere, but this is um, royalty-free music, so try me if you want. But anyway, like I stated, today is the 5th of January 2023 this is another bonus episode I'm giving you guys season 3 of Kiki with Kian does start on January the 12th 2023 that's when the first episode will be released as I stated in a previous uh special episode that I aired from Texas I will not be giving the uh topics in advance because things change and there's always some bs going on in the news or some bs going on in american society all types of crazy stuff so i'm thinking you know what y'all know i live like in a gentrifying neighborhood so please and next to a fire department so please excuse the noise uh but yeah i'm just like you know what it's best that i just do another episode talk to you guys and just uh Continue off for my critique as Queerest as Folk because I was actually listening to it this morning and I said, okay, well, you know what? I don't want to waste and take time away from like actual season episodes and just use it to continue on with the rant. So, with that being said, let the Kiki begin. Okay, so I'm going to clarify and re explain my issue with the revival of Queer as Folk that was airing on Peacock the summer of 2022 uh you if you have peacock you can still watch the show it is available on peacock if you have that streaming service they also have the best man um saga which is really good i started watching that Um, at my aunt and uncle's house in texas i enjoyed it i watched the first four episodes but i only paid attention to the first one because by that point we were drinking and playing card games and then uh, they also have the fresh prince of bel-air which everyone loves i have not watched it yet but i'm going to probably start uh ahead of season two because i think season two premieres next month so anyway let me start with queers folk So, Queer Ass Folk, like I told you guys before, Queer Ass Folk was probably the first gay-themed TV show I've ever watched. I remember, I think I was at my grandmother's house or I was somewhere, and my grandmother had cable. Like, I grew up, everyone had cable, you know? So, my grandmother had cable, and she had Showtime, and I can't remember when I first watched Queer Ass Folk, but it looked interesting. And I was like 11 years old. I know that's mad young, but it was like, whatever. I I didn't care, but I didn't watch it for the sex or anything. I watched it more like, oh, these are gay men having intimate relationships. And it wasn't just sexual relationships, but it was like close friendships. You know, I would say growing up, I saw women having friendships, you know, like, oh, that's my girlfriend. We kiki, we laugh and everything. I didn't really see that money friendships amongst men you know like my stepfather you know he had friends but i never saw him with his friends he always went out the house the few friends that i did see him with they were like spouses of my mother's friends or my mother's friends boyfriends or whatever the case may have been i never known like oh that's daddy's friend it's more like oh that's mr such and such i know him because that's miss such and such husband or miss such and such boyfriends or you know one of my friends their dad's in the neighborhood so it was good to see like a group of men being friends they just happen to be gay men and no they didn't look like my uh my dad nor i but i still appreciated seeing that so uh and then as i got older you know when you know puberty hits and you know i started busting it open uh, I was like, oh, okay, you know, like, this show was entertaining, it's good, and sex scenes still are very awkward for me to watch, even in my 30s, because I'm like, I know it's, I don't like porn at all, um, and watching sex scenes, like, yeah, I do critique a sex scene in a movie, but I still, it's just a little awkward for me to watch, but I'll watch it, though, but the sex, uh, but yeah, like, I'm like, okay, the chorus folk, Clearly, some of these guys are straight because the sex movements they were making, I was like, uh, and I'll be honest, for years, I thought all white guys had sex like that. And I'm like, this is very not pleasing at all. But as I've gotten older and more experienced, I knew that was not the case. So anyway, and porn is also detrimental. That's actually probably going to be a topic this season. But anyway, um, the show ended. I enjoyed it. There were problematic parts of the show, you know, about the, you know, the boy, he's 17 years old, dating a 29-year-old man. Uh, I didn't like the way he was talking to his mother, even though she was, like, supportive of him. Um, I had issues or, like, thinking it was so unrealistic that Michael just went from boyfriend to boyfriend that was, like, supporting him, you know. And if it wasn't a boyfriend supporting him, it was his best friend, uh, Brian, supporting him. Uh, I told you, I think Emmett is like Glenn from Girlfriends, a leech. And what's the nigga's name? Ted. Ted, the accountant who. The thing I didn't like about Ted was. Okay. You may not be the traditionally or the. um, You are aesthetically pleasing to a lot of people. But you can always, like, updo yourself. You know, if you're, like, a little bigger, you know, make sure you have some swag and dress a certain way. If you're, like, skinny, you know, be like, yeah, I'm skinny, but I could wear this. I can do this. You know, if you're, like, a muscular man that's cool and all, but some muscular men, you know, they're not that attractive either. They're just relying on their muscles. But, you know, if they dress and wear, like, certain cuts, they look good. You know, you can always, you know enhance your beauty or your standards or enhance your um your looks you can always do that this guy was just very basic like he had those serial killer eyes he had those creepy jesus bangs uh kathy griffin taught me that uh he was always looking really nervous he had a bitch voice it was nothing sexually attractive about that man like at all like he had as much sex appeal as uh, As Clifford the big red dog Like it was nothing cute about him at all And the first season played on that But then as the show progressed He was getting men And I'm like how Like there's nothing so unsexy Than a man or a woman that lacks self confidence Like that to me is the unsexiest thing in the world You could be fine as F But if, if you could be Trevante Rhodes But if you just lack sex appeal I, I can't Like it's not sexy to me at all and that's what Ted had uh, a, a issue with. He just lacked sex appeal and I hated it. So I wasn't into Ted. Um, and I explained to everybody else. Brian, again, you know, he's a successful man. You know, everyone thought Brian was so hot. I didn't think Brian was all that. I think Brian was cute. I'll probably hook up with Brian once, but it wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want Brian. And then also I saw how Brian had sex. Brian had sex like a roly-poly. Like it was very like slow movements and i'm just like who who like i said i've been around y'all i'm not a whore but i've been around but i think i've only came across one person that has sex like brian and again like the show is fake but see that's another reason why i think sex scenes are awkward in movies and tv shows because i'm just looking at it like okay who's really having sex like this this is really uncomfortable this is really odd i'd rather see people on top of each other ride fake riding or they're like at the end of them having sex and the show just continues but I digress so anyway now we're going to go to Queer as Folk the reboot I was you know I'm hesitant about a lot of tv shows doing reboots and revivals but they want to be all woke and all inclusive because I'm like okay well this show was popular for the characters that they had now if they decide to introduce new characters fine and the Characters happen to be people of color, that's great. But all of a sudden, you know, we've watched these people for years. There was never one black person on the show, one black person that they dated or befriended, but all of a sudden they're just friends with all of these people of color. Suddenly is really odd. I kind of feel that way about the Sex in the City reboot, even though I actually enjoy the reboot. But again, I digress. So with Quares folk, it's a reimagining. So it's taking place in New Orleans in the present day. And I'm about to go break it down So Give me one second Give me one second y'all Okay So I'm going to give you a breakdown Of all the cast members That I kind of had an issue with Or they're the main characters But I kind of had an issue with so the first is Brody. So Brody is racially ambiguous. So he's biracial. He's half black, half white. But he was raised by white people, white upper class people in New Orleans. Um, I think that his the adoptive parents are a little bit racist. But, you know, I feel like all, all white people born before 1960, particularly in the South, are racist. That's just how I feel. Um, you have to prove differently to me. But um, he is biracial and they made it a point to mention that on the show, especially its first episode. Like he's in a sex scene with this white guy and the white guy is saying stuff like, oh, yeah, give me that big black cock. And he had like a BLM tattoo on his lower back, like a tramp stamp. And it's like, uh, but, you know, you got these people that are performative activists that would just do the most. But in reality, they have fetishes or they're just trying to, um, they're trying to be woke uh, in order to like get some type of sexual gratification. Um, It's like this, um, it's like, oh, I'm for black people, but I'm more for black people because I like black dick or black vagina. It's nothing about the improvement of black people and that we've been treated horribly in this country. It's just for your own personal gain. So that's kind of like how this was. Now, personally, I didn't even know Brody was biracial. I thought Brody, I mean, he looks biracial, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was like Asian or a mestizo or whatever the case may be. But that's the only mention of this man being biracial or black. After that, it's not even brought up anymore. And Brody is like a very cute guy, but you do not see him with any black men on the show at all. Mind you, the show takes place in New Orleans, a city that's 59% black, but he is like Brody does not fuck with black men at all. None of his exes are black. None of his really good friends are black. None of the one night stands and trains and sex parties and orgies that he be participating in. There's no other party in there that's black. And I'm like, it's interesting how this show is trying to be diverse and woke, especially in a diverse city or a predominantly black city like New Orleans. But this black or biracial man who cares about being biracial does not end up with any black men. And I feel like a lot of these shows, they kind of piss me off because it's like, I'm glad to see people of color and, you know, people that are underrepresented, usually in, uh, film and TV, I love that they're being shown on TV and film now, but you're still kind of giving them, like, this, they're important, or they're romantic characters, or romantic partners, um, they, they have to be white, or they're seen from, like, white lenses, that bothers me, so because of that, I ain't really fuck with Brody, the next person is, uh, Mingus, I don't know why they gave this little boy this name Mingus, but he's supposed to be like the Justin from the original show. He's the 17 year old about to turn 18 and granted him and Brody hooked up. I think Brody ate his ass in the bathroom, which I think is gross. I don't know why people like to have sex in the bathroom, especially in public. That to me is nasty. Like people be pissing. Uh, uh, Defecate in there, doing coke in there. Why do you want to bust it open and have sex in the bathroom? And then the smell. It's just really nasty. Like When I go to public restrooms, I literally hold my breath, pee, and then I like wash the F out of my hands and I run out of there because it's so gross. But people in here are just busting it open. So Mingus uh, somehow got into this bar and he saw Brody, Brody saw him, they started making out and Brody ate his ass in the bathroom. They were about to have sex but then Mingus was about to perform in a drag show. Um, one thing about this current generation like Gen Z's and stuff is I'm so happy that more of them were, are able to live their lives and come out earlier than people from previous generations including us millennials. Like, like I told you guys in one of my previous episodes, I've never officially came out like, and when I say officially, like I didn't have like a Facebook moment or a Twitter moment, you know, it was just like, oh, it was just, I guess it was just known because of the things I've said, the guys I date, the guys I bring home, um, You know, I'll I'll talk about it on social media, but it's not a coming out. It's more like, oh my gosh, this guy took me out on a date. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, Ken's gay. So it was more like that. Um, But Mingus, I guess he's been out most of his life. His mom is very supportive of him being gay and being a drag queen and all of this other stuff. But it's like, girl, your son is 17. How about you let him finish high school first? and get a job so that way, you know, by the time he's 18, it's like, okay, well, you don't have any more educational obligations. If you want to pursue a career or the path of being a drag queen or going into drag, definitely do it. But you're letting your high school kid do this. That was to me irresponsible and I just thought totally unnecessary. The next person is Ruthie. So, Ruthie is Brody's best friend, and she is a transgendered woman. And her and Brody were best friends in high school before she transitioned. And Ruthie was my favorite character, actually, on the show until the last episode. And I'll get there towards the end. Um, She's in a relationship with a non-binary Black person named Char. Um, And Char and Ruthie, it's like... so. Brody is in graduate school at Johns Hopkins or he was in his residency. So, him and Ruthie are like in their mid to late 20s. Shar looks like she's a little older and she's carrying the uh, couple's twins and the twins, you know, she got artificially inseminated uh with Brody's sperm, so he's the biological father, but Ruthie and Shar are the parents. So, um The thing I didn't like about Ruthie's character before the last episode was you have twins now, and I know postpartum is real, but she wasn't carrying the twins, and it just seemed like she was just a woman that just didn't realize that, you know, girl, you're in a committed relationship. She's been in a committed relationship with Char for a few years now. Y'all decided to have a baby using your best friend's sperm, but you are not bonding with the babies every chance you get you want to go out and party and this kind of reminds me of something that me and my two of my best friends were talking about recently um, because one of them just had a baby and my other best friend she said you know when you have kids or when you start to have kids in a way you have to start once your kids are born your former life you know as a single or as a person who didn't have any kids is dead like, you, you're you going to mourn that because it's gone. Because now you have responsibilities. Like, uh, aside from paying bills, you have a responsibility to a whole other being or beings. And they have to come first. Especially as little people and children because they don't know what to do. They don't know how to navigate the world. And they're helpless and defenseless. You got to protect them. And that's why I'm such an advocate for children's rights. So, I think Ruthie, she just was not understanding that, hey, my life as a person who can go out and drink and do drugs and coke and party with Brody's bitch ass that's gone um and the show kind of presented as she was prepared to do that but then Brody comes in and throws in a wrench and all Brody do was complain cry and whining like oh Ruthie let's go out let's go out and it's like girl have a backbone like you've been in a committed relationship for years with this uh person and y'all live in a house together you have kids like where's your where is you standing up? And then it got to the point where this bitch is, like, drinking at parties, where her students are there. She know her students are there. So rather be rather than being a sensible adult and say, hey, I am leaving or we can go somewhere else, it was just her staying there, getting drunk, and she almost got fired. So that's enough with Ruthie for a while. The next person is Char. And Char is uh, Ruthie's partner. Char is non-binary. Um... So when I was talking about Brody being a black person that only has white partners, Shar is the same way. And then Shar has another friend who I think is non binary. I don't know what what they were identifying as. So I'm gonna just call them they as well. Um, but their friend and Shar, they're both like those two black non binary people that only date white girls. And the other friend actually made a Comment on one of the episodes like, oh yeah, you know, these white girls love us. It just reminded me of like what we think basketball players and black athletes say when they're like out of town or they at a club and you just think of like the white girls that throw themselves at them. That It sounded just like that. And it was just like, okay, I need y'all to do, like I would love to see, you know, and you know, I'm okay with interracial relationships. I have nothing against it. But if you're going to try to promote a show and its diversity, and again, like I stated, a show that is taking place in a city that's majority black. Like y'all couldn't find a black partner for not one of these people at all. You couldn't, like it it just so happens that all the black people in New Orleans want a white partner. To me, that's wild. Um, The drag mother, I forgot their name of the show. They have a black partner. You know, uh, he has a black partner. But he's only mentioned one time and he's seen in one scene. But at during that scene, you don't know their partners. It's not revealed until like two episodes later that they're partners. And it's like, oh, OK, so we gave the drag mother a partner who's black. So that's good. But we don't ever have to address them or show them together ever again. Let's focus on these black people that are dating white. And I can't. The next person is Noah. Noah is a white Hispanic. I told y'all, Latin people are not a race. It's an ethnic group. Like Caribbean people, we are an ethnic group, but we're not a race because there's black Caribbeans, there's white Caribbeans, there's uh, native Caribbeans, there's Indo caribbeans there's biracial Caribbeans, multiracial Caribbeans. So same thing with Latin people, okay? Celia Cruz is black. Sofia Vergara is white. You see the difference right there? Okay. Selma Hayek is Mestizo and Arab, but she's still a Latin woman. Whereas um, J-Lo, I guess, would be Mestizo or more white. Mark Anthony is white. But then when you go back to... uh, Then you got Neymar, who's like black or mixed. Uh, Ronaldinho, he is black. Pele was black, so... But these are all Latin people. Toussaint Levertel was black, but he was Latin. I can go on. But anyway, Noah is a white Latino. Noah is uh, Brody's ex-boyfriend. And he was sleeping with... Uh, what's that nigga's name? is. Daddyus is Brody's best friend who dies in the first episode. Y'all watch the show. I'm not trying to give away plot points and big things, but... Um, Noah was fucking Daddy's or Daddy's was fucking Noah because Noah was like a total top. I guess Brody was the bottom of the relationship, even though Brody is versed because we see him topping another man in like the first scene of the first episode. So Noah was the top. Brody was the bottom. But I guess after they broke up and Brody went to John Hopkins in Baltimore, uh, Noah started messing with Daddy's, who was Brody's best friend. But it was like hidden from Brody. Brody didn't know, but everyone else did, including Ruthie. And Noah is like bending it down and busting it open for Daddies all over New Orleans. And daddy's was putting in work and uh, Noah is like a successful lawyer. However, it's revealed later that him and Daddies were doing drugs to the point where it was very codependent. And then Noah was supposed to be like a partner that year at his law firm, but his work was suffering because he was too busy doing drugs and busting it open for is. So it's like, okay, well, we can't, well, when I say we, I'm talking about his employers. They're like, oh, we can't just make you a senior partner because your work is suffering. Um, and then Noah also has like an uneasy relationship with his father. His father, you know, knows of his sexuality, knows that his son is gay, but it's more of like those we don't talk about it. Like something that I have with some of my uh, relatives who I'm cool with, it's like, oh, we know that Kian's gay, but we just don't talk about it. Or it's ignored. Um, so like at one point, Noah never even brought a man to his house. I'm uh, Not to his house, to his father, including Brody, who he was dating, I think, for like several years. Um, I feel like Noah was in his 30s. So I'm kind of curious how old he was when him and Brody were dating and when they started dating. And Noah later, uh, not only did Noah date Brody, then was fucking Brody's best friend after they broke up. Noah decides to get into a relationship with Julian, who is Brody's brother. So like I said, Brody is adopted from an upper class white family. Julian is their biological son. He has cerebral palsy and he is also gay and him and uh Noah develop a relationship and I'm just like okay so is Noah just obsessed with Brody's family or anybody connected to Brody so if I'm Brody's dentist does that mean that you know Noah wants to bust it open for me because if that's the case I'm fine because Noah is fine even though he does need to shave his chest I do not like too much hair especially like on your chest and his hair was very um it was given taco meat, so I I'm, wasn't impressed with that. But other than that, he was he's fine though. But yeah, that's uh he started dating Julian, and Julian, like I say, has cerebral palsy. And even though Julian is the natural son of his of his parents, you know he's always felt that Brody just got a lot of the attention because Brody is a drama king. Brody is very selfish, makes everything about him, and Julian is cute too. But I do think Julian just felt a certain type of complex, inferior complex because of his um, cerebral palsy versus Brody who's like, I mean, Julian is Jack too. Well, he's not Jack, but he has like some muscle, but Brody is like Jack has like an amazing body. Whereas Julian has a nice body too, but you know, he does have some limitations because of his uh, cerebral palsy. So with that being said, I just broke down all the characters and I'm going to tell you why I'm pissed. At the end of the season, Ruthie and Brody, you know, their relationship just starts to get strained. Because Ruthie, uh, again, like I said, she was partying and going out with Brody a lot. Shard didn't like it. Shara's like, you need to be a serious parent. You know, you're not spending enough time with the kids. And then every time that they're supposed to be doing family night or Ruthie is supposed to be a mother, she is sneaking away to hang out with Brody. And it's like, okay, bitch, like, at this point, you are just disrespecting your relationship and your family to hang out with this man who wants to hang out with you. But then as soon as he sees a white man, he's going to go run home to him and you're going to be SOL and out on the skids with your partner and your children. So that was annoying. And then at one point they're at like some event, a pride event and um, tensions had escalated between the two, and. Brody made like the big uh, faux pas and called Ruthie by her birth name before she transitioned and that led to a whole thing and then they just hated each other but the last episode I think Brody was talking to the drag mother or somebody and then he realized he was in love with somebody so we're thinking oh he's going to run to Noah because they just been having this back and forth relationship throughout the season and it seems like they had a back and forth relationship before he went to the Baltimore to go to the Johns Hopkins. He knocks on Ruthie's door, tells her he loves her. So it's like, what? Like, where's this coming from? And then Ruthie slams the door in his face. So he walks out into the rain. Then Ruthie comes back out with the raincoat and says, I love you too. And then he picks up Ruthie and they start making out in the rain. And at that point, I turned off my computer and I said, I'm going to bed. The show was canceled after one season, probably because the, uh, Peacock was like, what the fuck is this? And we feel the same exact way as Kian and, um, it is not coming back. Um, it doesn't need to come back. And I hope there's no more, um, shows like this. (laughs) Um, like, like I said, my biggest issue was, like I said, um, there were some plot issues. Definitely watch the show, get your own critique. But my biggest issues, again, like I said, was I am, you know, I'm an advocate for love. Love is love. I do believe that. However, if you move to, if you're, if something's taking place in a city, a big city, um, especially when one group is like the predominant group or, you know, when I say predominant, I talk about in population wise. And, you know, you're also talking about, we need more inclusivity and diversity, why can't we show Black love? Why can't we show Asian love? Why can't we show, you know, and I'm not pulling a Tamara Maori moment. I'm just saying, you know, why does all the Black characters have to have a white partner? Like, why? Why is that important? And I used to think people that say stuff like this were annoying, and I used to be like, oh, they're doing the most, they're reading too much into it. But I completely understand now, especially watching this show, if you are such a proponent of, you know, diversity and love and showing underrepresented people. Black love is underrepresented. Asian love is underrepresented. Native American love is underrepresented. Why you, Why does it have to be one person of each minority on a show and they're with a white person? Or how come all the minorities on the show is with a white person? Like, make it make sense. I can't. I just, I'm just like, this is really annoying, So, with that being said, I'm going to transition over to Fire Island. So, Fire Island is based on Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. And it was uh, released on Hulu this summer. So, Joe Kim Booster, he is the writer of the movie. And he's also the star of the movie. And it co-stars Bowen Yang, who is an SNL uh, cast member. And Conrad Rickamora. So, he was the cute boyfriend uh and how to get away with murder i stopped watching that show after season two because i didn't like the way they were treating annalise it's like y'all broke into her house killed her husband she's protecting y'all but y'all want to make it seem like she's a bad person and i'm like annalise you're letting these little niggas drive you crazy like you need to cuss them out and be like hey i can report y'all y'all broke into my house and killed my husband ain't no no one would have known anything if giraffe neck west ain't said nothing but i digress So anyway, before I start talking about Fire Island, I just want to talk about how fine Joe Kim Booster is. Um, The past uh, couple episodes, I told y'all, you know, I love to see a show or a movie about some fine Asian men just navigating, you know, the world as LGBT men. And I mentioned, you know, Russell Wong, because growing up, that was like the only... Asian man, I saw with sex appeal. Like, really, like the ones, when I say sex appeal, the ones they presented as sexy. You know, he was in Joy Luck Club. He was a horrible man in that movie, but he was sexy, though. New Jack City, it's like, oh, who's this sexy, you know, cop? Like, he's always had sex appeal with him. Where Jackie Chan, you know, he was doing his karate moves and everything, but Jackie Chan was usually covered up and he was older at that point. Jackie Chan was like in his 40s and 50s when we were kids. So, they weren't showing him like that, but then I saw like old pictures of Jackie Chan, and I'm like, oh, Jackie was ripped. Um, Bruce Lee has been was dead twenty years before I was born, but Bruce Lee, we know is fine, was fine. Rest in peace, King. Um, and then I also brought up Ken Watanabe. I brought up Chow Yun Fat, and I meant to uh, mention. Me and my friend Shakel were talking the other day, and. We were talking about this man, he's an actor, he's Japanese, and he was recently in Bullet Train. His name is Hiroyuki Sanada. He is fine as well. So, but anyway, I enjoy Fire Island. You know, definitely there was some interracial romance in the movie. But what I really loved was it was a movie where it's like we are gay Asian men or we're gay men of a minority And people like to be racist. And we're navigating this world against racism and also against, you know, um, Asian phobia. I don't know the correct term for it. I don't want to say Asian hate, but, you know, Asian hate or Asian phobia. And we're also dealing with homophobia at the same time. And the thing I loved about this movie was not that, you know joe kim booster and conrad Ricamora's characters noah and will respectively got together at the end and they were the main cast members but i just love how they brought up you know bowen yanko i think is a nice looking man too he was talking about his insecurities you know he's like look i have to deal with you know i'm not the traditionally like fine man like you are noah that's joe kim I'm not the traditionally fine man like you are. Like, yeah, we're both Asians. We have that in common. Yes, we both deal with racism. Yes, we both deal with homophobia. Um, but you are more aesthetically pleasing than I am. You know, um, he's not chunky, but he's a little... I can't... I don't know what the word to use. Not even husky. I I guess frumpy would be the better word to use. Like, he's not as cut as Joe Kim, because Joe Kim is cut. He's, and he has glasses, and I think he's a little nerdier. At least he is in the movie. I'm talking about in the movie because Bowen, I think you're cute. Uh, He was saying all of that in the movie. And I think Joe Kim realized, like, oh, my gosh. Like, even though we have the same struggles, you have an additional struggle than I do. Like, you know. And I like that. I also like the fact that, you know, they brought up that uh, Bowen Yang's uh, character. uh, He is dating or interested in this guy in the movie named Charlie and Charlie is nice. Charlie seems decent and everything, but Charlie's friends make a lot of like insensitive jokes at the expense of Asian people. And they're also classes too. They're very elitist. Um, they're making a lot of jokes at the expense of Bowen Yang's character, Joe Kim's character, and their group of friends. And I'm like, oh, like, I like seeing that. Like, let's not act like, you know, the gay community is all about love and support. It's like, yes, there's racism in the gay community. Yes, there's elitism. Um, Yes, there is classism. There's a bunch of isms within that group. And I'm just happy that they address that. I really am. Because I do think um, it's kind of like how I feel about some black TV shows and movies. Everybody's like, oh, we all get along. We're all loving and peaceful people. It's like, no, we have a lot of isms within the black community in America. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of isms in the white community in America and throughout the world. But I can only speak for American society because I'm American and I live here. But yeah, it was just really, um, it was really, I was really happy to see like all the stuff that I was talking about in previous episodes where I said I would love to see a movie about gay Asian men navigating the world and talk about stuff that's going on in the Asian community and their gay men as well. I love to see that on the screen and Fire Island definitely delivered. So I was excited about that. They definitely succeeded where Queer Folk failed. I said what I said. But with that being said, guys, that was that's the end of my rant video. Um, I am so happy that I got to speak to you all today and that I just released this bonus episode. So six days from today on January 12th, the first episode of season three of Kiki with Kian will be released. I will be releasing a total of eight episodes for season three and 10 episodes for season four. Season four is going to start after summer. 2023, because I got plans this summer. Um, I may be going on a trip to Europe. Uh, I'm already going in March, but I might go again this summer. It won't be a long trip, probably like a week or so, which is not a lot for me because the last time I went to Europe, I was there for two weeks. But I also plan on going away for New Year's Eve this year and New Year's Day to a nice location. So I have to save money for that. I still haven't gotten the raise I'm supposed to be getting. That's another story. But hopefully I get it soon. And I just got a lot of stuff to do. I'm making a lot of changes this year. So um, I'll let it be known now I'm applying for graduate school. So I hope I get in. Um, I was like I said, I've been listening to old episodes of the podcast recently. And I was talking about all these changes and stuff I am going to make or I've been making. And a lot of that either got cut because of the pandemic or I just did not follow through. So this time I'm actively following through. So I'm almost done with my grad school application and $83 is involved. So best believe it will be submitted. Um, I'm also, you know, I'm on a continuous health quest to just get my body, my mind and everything together. So that's another thing. I'm also uh trying to rebuild like my savings because uh when I took my uh current well not my current role but when I went to my current institution from my last institution I took a five figure pay cut. I did. I know that's crazy, but I really needed to get out of that toxic environment from my uh job at Department of State. Uh, that particular job, not the whole department, but just that particular job with that particular woman I don't like or respect. And I went to Howard and I took a big pay cut, but it was a great decision that I made. You know, I met some amazing people I'm still in contact with. I got some great mentorship. I got a lot of great support. I've met people. I've you know, there's like a whole side of DC that I've always wanted to be a part of and be exposed to um, that I did not have access to. But working at Howard and working in my roles and my positions, I been, I've i been able to walk through that door. And it's just been a blessing and an honor. And just to also see the, um, the influence that, you know, uh, Black people have in this country and in this city is great to see, especially since we're so talked about badly and stereotyped in the media and how we're um how we viewed, you know, abroad and even within this country, you know, it's not helpful. But so to see people the exact opposite of that, to see polyglot black polyglots and, you know, black millionaires that are not in entertainment or in sports. They're actually wealthy because of their mind. And that's no shades of athletes and actors and stuff. But I'm just saying, you know, it's great to see that, you know, there could be a black dentist that live in a nice, beautiful home. It's great to see like a black educator uh, be successful. It's great to see black owned businesses where it's not like just a nail salon or like a Jersey store, but these people actually own like accounting firms and law firms and consulting. And they were in senior levels of federal government and international government and development that was is just a blessing to be a part of that and see that so i'm happy with that but of course i need that master's degree to be you know further up the ladder in these fields so that's what i'm doing right now uh like i said i'm also uh working on my french that's going to be continuous forever um because officially or excuse me eventually I would like to live in a Francophone country or a Francophone uh, province or region. So I'm continuously working on my French. I was speaking French to this guy last night and he really liked it and got turned on. And y'all know what happened. (laughs) So, So yeah, I did that. And then also I am just working on, you know, getting ready for, you know, these trips that I'm going on. Uh, keeping my friendships and my loved one networks going, and make sure that we're all in communication with each other because COVID is still out here. The world is crazy. People are dying, getting sick, losing their mind. It's really sad. So it's just really important that you keep your connections and your network very close to you. So I am working on that. I. Been doing a pretty good job with my friendships and my loved one connections throughout the pandemic. But you know, I can always improve. Like I have to I actually have to call my grandmother because I haven't spoken to her now like since the day I left her house. Um my grandmother that I visited for Christmas and celebrated her birthday and where I released the last episode at. So I have to do that. Um, but other than that, y'all, it's just so great to talk to you all. Again, it's my therapy. And I said, you know what, I really need to just release a quick bonus episode before season three starts. Like I could not wait until next Thursday. I'm like, I have to give them something now. And that's a great thing. So that actually motivates me to like stay on schedule with season three to make sure that I release that once a week episode for eight weeks. Like I promised you guys I would do and which I'm going to deliver. I promise. So you guys have a great and blessed weekend. I will listen um, for any good topics, you know, uh, look out for it on my email, kcorbert at iCloud.com. And I will speak to you all next week, Thursday, January 12th, 2023. Bye.